Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, on another Victory Monday, starting to become the theme of the Chiefs' kingdom. Chiefs win yesterday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27-17, and what was pretty much a domination. I know the score is only a 10-point win, but this was never really that close of a game. Some things that really ticked me off and really, really raised my blood pressure yesterday. But all in all, a great day for the Chiefs kingdom and the Chiefs team as a whole. Blaine and Johnny joining me as always. Uh, let's let's you know let's start there, kind of a different way. Uh, sometimes I start the show off. We'll start with Blaine. Blaine, your uh, your takeaway from the game. How you doing, buddy? And uh, you enjoying your victory Monday? Victory Monday, the first place Kansas City Chiefs. I almost enjoyed, I, obviously, the Chiefs playing at noon was awesome. And then watching the Bills lose, that back-to-back was, that Sunday was unbelievable. But um, my, my, my first takeaway was just how well the defense started. Allowed the offense to make a mistake early. Allowed the offense to get going early. I mean, three straight three and outs for the, or not three and outs, but within five plays. So So basically for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, Make them punt, 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 miss a field goal, punt again, and, and you just allow Patrick Mahomes to have time to work and, and for the Chiefs to get rolling, and that was just beautiful. Yeah, before Johnny goes, um, great point about the defense because they had to start real fast. You start the game, you don't think yeah. you're going to play, and, I, and and being on a sideline before, you kind of – it's not like you're relaxed. I mean, you're getting ready to play 60 minutes of football. You know that. But, like, when the offense – when you know that the offense is going to get the ball – you kind of sit down. You kind of get into the game a little bit. No, they go onside kick, annoying that they got it, but they did. Defense comes right out, and you got to get ready to go. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second because I have a point I want to make about that yeah. onside kick from a special teams perspective. But before we do that, Johnny, brother, give it to me. Chiefs win, huh? Chiefs win. It was awesome. It was really never a doubt. Um and I, I felt like as a fan, I, I honestly needed one of those games. Um, and this is no disrespect to any Chiefs fans, but like, like Arrowhead was had its like B game. You know what I mean? Like Arrowhead was pretty subdued. It's because everybody knew what the result was going to be, right? The Jaguars stole a possession to start the game off with an onside kick, which you just kind of tip your cap because I respect it. When you're playing the Chiefs, that's what you got to do. And there's a huge chance to not recover that. And credit to uh, Doug Peterson and his staff for finding something in film where they where they get an advantage. The problem is just they just didn't score on that, right? And I know your Chandler will give more insight on that, but it's just like no one no one had any any, any flinching, right? The Chiefs no. lost the turnover battle by three and still blew them out. Like if you watch the game. You you know that the score was not indicative of how the game went, and and I needed one of those as a fan. So I'm having a great day. Um, I've got a lot of some you know some Mahomes stats that are just amazing, and obviously we're all huge fans of Patrick Mahomes. But uh, regardless of the results around the league, um, he, he continues just to show everyone that he truly is the best quarterback in the league, um, and. And really, guys, he's just the he's the best football player, in my opinion, of all time. And I've been saying that for a long time. But what this guy can do uh, is just remarkable. And, and his distribution of the football is amazing. Right. Like this is without Tyreek. This is every game. It's like nine, nine different players, 10 different players are, are, are catching passes from Patrick. 
yeah, he just knows who's open and that's where he throws the football to. And he's just amazing. And I'm having a great day. Yeah. Um, before we let's, we'll start with the offense, but that you're exactly right, Johnny. Um, that onside kick, it comes from film and KOR 101. You walk into a KOR meeting the first day of training camp and they are telling you, you cannot leave until the ball is kicked. And I believe that Brian Cook has been the guy that's lined up in front of the kicker all year. There's five guys normally on the front line. Brian Cook, I believe, on Sunday was the guy right in front of the kicker. And so obviously Jacksonville has seen something or had seen something, and they were like, we can expose this guy. And he obviously left too early, and they recovered the kick. But like we said, no flinching in this team, and and teams have to do that kind of dumb shit to try and beat this team, and it still didn't work. Let's start with the offense. First off, Patrick Mahomes, 26 for 35, 331 yards, four touchdowns, and he had a pick. But, I mean, first off, it wasn't a great throw in terms of the time of the game and all that shit, but you live with that. I don't put any stock in that INT. The game was over at that point. Even with that, um, his distribution of the football is ridiculous, guys. I mean, Travis Kelsey's the leading receiver with six Oh, he's tied for the lead with uh, Jeremy McKinnon has six catches as well. Travis goes for six for 81 and a touchdown. Um, you just don't know really where this offense is going to attack. And I'll turn it over to you guys with my final point. When we can run the football like we did yesterday, this team is unstoppable. Johnny said it. Blaine said it. I'm saying it. And it's just so obvious. One of the best best running performances of the season and and it's no coincidence that this offensive line got after this defensive line for the Jacksonville Jaguars after having going up against some of the best defensive line units in the league. Johnny, talk to me a little bit about the offense. Gladly. Uh, yeah, like you said, Chandler, and what we've all been saying, if the Chiefs can get 60 to you know 80, we're not asking for 150 yards. The Chiefs, like you said, Pacheco ran for 82 and McKinnon for two, like 84 yards from running backs on the ground. And that's – you're not going to beat Kansas City. I'm just – that's not being, being a prisoner of the moment. Like, let's circle back, right? The Chiefs lost the turnover battle by three, left some points on the board, missed an extra point, right? Lost their best, if not their second best, wide receiver in the game. And they were blowing the Jaguars out for pretty much the entire game. And it's because they could they, they got 16 rushes for 82 yards from Pacheco, right? And he fumbled it too. So it's like if they can do that, they are, you're not going to beat the, you're not going to beat the Chiefs if that's the output you get from the running back room. And I really hope uh, that that Pacheco just grabs this thing by the horns and goes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had four total snaps in the entire game. It's he's been phased out. It's done, you know, and nothing against Clyde personally, but thank God. Mm -hmm. I mean, he stinks and he had no touches in his four snaps. And there were two passes thrown to him in those, on those four snaps that tough plays, but go make a play on the ball. If you want to get some more snaps and and he, and he didn't do it. So um, super happy. What I, what we got from the running back room. And then, you know, Mahomes is just amazing. His distribution is amazing. It was great to see Kadarius Toney get involved. You can see why he's a first-round pick. He has some traits that are amazing. And 
And how he is more similar to Tyreek and different from guys like McColl is that quick twitch that he has, right? You, he's twitchy. You can just tell by the way he moves, uh, he's more closer to Tyreek than, than McColl. Like McColl and MVS are more similar speed-wise than, than like Tyreek and Tony are, if you compare all four of them. So mm-hmm. um, I, I just love what we got there. Tony had a great, you know, climbing the ladder kind of catch. That was awesome to see. And, and just to see to hear him talk after the game, it's just night and day different how he feels here in Kansas City uh, than he did in New York. And so I just I love seeing that, and I just love how much this team is working. I love how much this team doesn't give a shit about what um, you know uh, people say around the league, and then after the game they just keep chugging along. Shout out to Andy Reid and all those guys for uh, getting these guys ready to go. And um, yeah, I'm curious to see what Blaine has to say about. The- the offense too. Oh, last thing I'll say is that that was Tony's first touchdown in the NFL. He's been in Kansas City for two games and they already got him in the end zone. And that was MVS's first touchdown uh, as a chief too. So just like it all starts with Patrick and um, I'm really happy about it, Blaine. And it all starts with no longer Clyde Edwards-Lair. Like, I, I'm glad you guys noted on that of how many snaps he got, how, what he saw. Like, I was going down the you know, the offensive drive, 71 yards, 80 yards, and then you go 12 yards. And guess which one of those Clyde was in there for? The 12 yards where he, you know, two plays got blown up, and then you go back 59 yards, and then six yards punt. That's when Juju got blown up, and the offense just continued to go. The only drive where they really looked bad were the interception, a fumble, and the one where Clyde was in. I mean, come on. It and just shows it up for you. <laughs> and don't forget the fumble. I mean, we're going we're going to score at yeah. least three. I would say 98.9% chance we get six. Yeah. And it which is it's so it's so nice because we said on the podcast for many weeks, like they're not gonna they're gonna die on his hill, and they're not. They're gonna die on Pacheco's hill. Now it's over with, it's done, and that was awesome. Um, second point, MBS catch of the year. That ball. Was that yeah. a third and four down the sideline? That was a huge play. I forget what the score was at the time. I was trying to look it up as you were talking, Johnny. Um, but I mean that that sealed the deal for the Chiefs. I thought whenever he made that catch and it was over. And then I believe it was twenty seven seventeen. I we didn't give the ball back, and we had it yeah. was that it was at that point where like the Jags were like flirting with it. It wasn't like they were they weren't really hanging around, but they yeah. were like kind of pissing me off, right. And the Andy Reid Chiefs teams, yeah, and you're right. It was pissing me off too because Andy Reid Chiefs teams we've seen kind of like don't have that step on your throat end of the game. Like the Chiefs got the ball back right there on that drive, you know, deep in their own territory. The Jags just had a nice touchdown drive, like a little before that, and then deep in their own territory with about five and change left. It's like, hey, let's just put together a drive and end the game. And yeah, they did. Yeah, it, it was just a beautiful performance all around. I, I was looking down the stat line. I mean, 26 first downs, 17 passing, seven of them rushing. Third down efficiency goes seven for 10 on third down. That's beautiful. And like I said, one of those was a, a mishap of Clyde, and one was when Juju got knocked out cold. So yeah. just efficient as, a, as you can get, and that's all there is to it. And so easy, think- Blaine, and easy. Like, it, it – Besides the Mahomes, you know, pass to MVS, maybe the Mahomes scramble to his left, turn around, fires to McKinnon over the middle. 
which looked easy for Patrick. Like besides that, this was so easy for this offense. Like the Kelsey touchdown. He was wide open. Yeah, he, sorry, Chan, I cut you off. No, you no, no, you, you didn't cut me off at all. No, you're fine. I I I think I, I don't understand. Like, obviously, I'm not complaining about it. I absolutely love it. But, like, how does Travis Kelsey so open at all times, it seems like? Like, do like what are other teams doing? I think, actually, I and Romo pisses me off. Romo, I thought, was really good when he first started. I, th- I would argue that he's almost regressed since he first started with Jim Nance. <laughs> I agree. Anyway, anyways, like, and maybe it's just because the Chiefs have them all the time. Nance is incredible but but uh even though i think what blaine said that he pronounced it kaylin saunders yeah and uh, not colin like come on jim we got to do better than that but uh no anyways what i was saying was tony pointed this out on that touchdown most defenders are expecting travis when he runs that little seam just to extend like just to like indefinitely run it into the end zone and patrick and uh patrick and travis just have this unspoken communication to where like pat just knows that he that travis is just gonna slow down if the coverage is off like he he can just spidey sense feel where the coverage is and so instead of just catching that ball in the end zone he just slows it down when the coverage sags and just catches it at the three and goes into the end zone it's just it's amazing to watch those guys got to be impossible to defend got to be i mean just as you know how i played in the high school no one cares but like just just imagining a guy that can stop on a dime and get the ball or you know if you come downhill he's going anyways it's just an impossible read to make you almost have to double it you need a safety over the top plus press man at all times and that's the only way teams have been able to stop him because it's an option route every time i mean it, it's a nightmare it People really like is how it- how is Travis Kelsey open all the time? Why aren't they double teaming him? They are. They have like, to. It, and if it's single coverage, he beats the guy quite literally, unless it's Derwin James, every time. And he is held on every single snap. Like Travis yeah. is, is un. It's like when I was watching Justin Jefferson in that Bills Vikings game. It's like if, if anybody were to have asked me, like, what, what were the Bills doing? Like, why weren't they trying to cover with more people on Jefferson? They were. It just, when you have a guy like Travis, it doesn't matter. And it's yeah. just, I'm, I'm, okay, I was like kind of just chilling before this pod. I'm fired up, right? You, you know, I need, I, even more if I, just the last point of why we were so open, why this offense, zero sacks, gave up zero sacks, and Wiley went out in the first half. Um, that defensive line and that linebacking core is good. And having yeah. and having that protection, he was able to get through all the reads, like he said, on Tony's touchdown and, and do that all day long. That was sweet. Well, and on Travis's longest catch of the year, that 46-yarder, Patrick could have taken a nap back there, gotten up yeah. and thrown the ball. I mean, it was so, so sexy. My God. Um, and that just goes to show that, like, we have just been playing some nasty fronts. Like, the Jaguars had no defensive lineman better than a Chiefs offensive lineman yesterday. And that hasn't really been the case all year. I'm not saying that our offensive linemen are ever worse than a than an opposing defensive line. But they have guys that are equivalent or, if not, better. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, for example, just last week. Like, he's going to get his. He's going to win a matchup every once in a while. But when you have this talented of an offensive line going against a D-line with really no names – that I can really remember outside of Trayvon Walker. 
Well, um, no, it's Chandler. It's it's this this is a good point that you bring up is because, and it's hindsight, but Josh Allen really didn't do anything for the Jaguars, and Josh Allen is a guy who us Chiefs fans on on our pod were kind of like, hey, maybe send you know if I know two first round picks a lot, but maybe send them a first and our second for for Josh Allen going forward. And it's a one game sample, and we're, it's scrutinized because it was against us. But for as as cri- critical as we have been about at Orlando Brown, he swallowed up Josh Allen yeah. yesterday. And so, like now in hindsight, it's like thank God Brett Beach didn't trade our draft picks for that guy because he sucked against the. Yeah, and also too an unsung part of the game, Jarek McKinnon's ability to pass block still blows my mind. He is thank so you, good. Man. He is so good at pass blocking, and as a defensive end, and you. As the game goes along, you know kind of what they're going to do. And to get a running back right in your ribs as you're engaged with a guy like Orlando Brown, it just has to be demoralizing. And great job, Jarek, dude. Jarek McKinnon, six catches for 56 yards yesterday, um, only a carry for two. But in the passing game, he is so elusive in the open field. I absolutely love it. And my God, he has to be like a 1,000 years old. Um, My final point. I guess it's more of a question, and I'll, I can ask both of you, really. Kadarius Tony, love what he did. Going to have him out there for the rest of the year, foreseeable future. We know what we're going to do with McColl more than likely in the offseason, but going forward this season, what do you do with him? What do you do with Sky Moore? Why is Sky Moore not playing more? I'm, I'm honestly okay with it, but... Anybody have any thoughts on that? Any any game plan moving forward? Just let Sky get a taste every now and then. But if Kadarius Tony can get the ball in his hands as much as possible in the coming weeks, you saw what he can do. Give me that. I don't. I really don't care about Sky Moore right now. Develop as much as you can. And I mean, Kadarius Tony looked unbelievable. I want him to get the ball. I, I think he can be great. Two carries for 33 yards, by the way, for Kadarius, too. Love that. Get him on the jet sweep. Johnny? Yeah, Blaine said it perfectly. It's like we need, and I am guilty of this, too. We need to tamper our expectations of rookies just like unless they're a top 15 to 20 scouted talent. Anything you can get is great, right? You know, like – um, I've been the guy who has been the team Leo Chanel. He finally had a game where, and he's had some, some, some rough games. He finally made some, some, some jump off the screen plays. And yeah, like that's week 10 of his rookie year. And he's a third round pick. We need to tamper our, our expectations. You know, Sky Moore is a second round pick, a middle second round pick that played his college ball, and this is not a diss to anybody, but he played, you know, college ball in the MAC, right? Like, Kadarius Toney is a top, is a, like, by by a lot of teams, a first-round grade, which doesn't mean the first 32 picks. It means, like, the first 15, maybe 20 picks. Kadarius Toney is a, a first-round graded talent from Florida in the SEC. Like, it's just... He's that he's got that next level. Clyde, uh, not Clyde. Ugh. 
But uh, Sky Moore, just let him develop. And I think he had, he, he had a catch, right? He had a catch in the game. So just let him develop yep. and let him kind of get a feel for things. The Chiefs don't need Sky Moore right now. Now, if Juju doesn't play, even though it looks like he's feeling okay, but if let's say he doesn't play against the Chargers, I'm going to want Sky Moore to make a catch or maybe two catches yep. in that game when we need him. But the Chiefs are 7-2. and two. They're the number one seed in the AFC. They've had like the hardest schedule in the history of the NFL. The Chiefs don't need that from Sky Moore. And to get that from Tony fucking rocks. Yeah. God, Clyde stinks. That's about all I took away oh from my the God. little fielder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me, more, give me more Jody. We might have to have him Sunday night. Uh, I like, he, I wanna... he might have to the Chandler doghouse for that. No, just wait. Relax. That's okay. That's okay. That was a kerfuffle. That was bad, but it's what okay. What God's name is he thinking? But we, it's Victory Monday. We don't need to be ne- that negative. <laughs> Let's flip over to the defense. Guys, I'm going to turn it over to you guys after I get done with this short little thing here. This is the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had in his career. It's physical. It's young. It's fast. And it's willing to learn. I, I haven't seen a defense that that adjusts this well, has secondary players that want to tackle on every single play, and and has a defensive line. Guys, I think I, I think the Chiefs nailed Chandler's three keys of the game yesterday. I think that they absolutely dominated all three of my keys I tweeted out. And one of them was having an active defensive line. This defensive line was so damn active, and it happened on the first play. With a rookie, George Karloftis get or not a, not the first play, excuse me, the first drive, I believe it was a third down. Karloftis gets his big mitts up in the air and knocks down a pass for Trevor Lawrence. That sets the tone in a young quarterback's mind. I better get that ball up a little bit higher. I better get that ball up a little bit higher because the D line is going to get their hands up and knock these passes down. And that's when more and more picks happen. I absolutely loved what I saw from this defensive line. Carlos Dunlap, hashtag thank you Chandler. He is playing at an unbelievable level given his age and his and just kind of, you know, what his expectations were to start the season. I love, love, love this defense. Willie Gay and Nick Bolton tied for eight total tackles. Willie had six solo. Nick Bolton had five. But, I mean, wow. Johnny, talk to me about this defense. You go first. Okay. Um the, the the way that this team has been able to get pressure and get sacks to get home has just really impressed me all season. And it's direct credit to what we talked about before the season. And that was the addition of Joe Cullen to be the DL, the defensive line coach. This guy knows exactly how to maximize the potential of what he has and what, and yes, it's nice to see good good play from Colin Saunders. It's good to see uh, George Karloftis, even though he only has a half a sack on the season, bat a pass down like that. It's good to see George Karloftis play fifty one snaps, which was eighty percent of the snaps. Like he, these guys know more than us. If George was not able to do his job, then like then somebody else would be out there. And he's doing good enough, and he does not have the sack numbers which we want. But I just think those are gonna they're they're gonna show up, and maybe George is not a six or eight sack guy in his rookie year like we were hoping, but maybe George in the AFC Championship game gets home and like makes a season defining play. 
Um, and, and, and he would be able to do something like that because he's been able to accumulate snaps during the season uh, up to this point. A couple more things I want to talk about. One uh, is the four players that we really were talking about that are like the tone setters of this defense, the from like a cerebral point on the back end, we were talking about Reed, Sneed, Thornhill, and then Bolton in the middle. Well, the four of those guys played 100% of the snaps on defense. Like Nick Bolton, a guy who got a second-round grade because the people thought he could not be on the field on passing downs, is so good he they can't take him off the field. Like Nick Bolton is that good. And, and Willie Gay played – 43 snaps, which was 67%. They trust Nick Bolton so much that they don't need to have Willie out there on, on all the downs because Nick Bolton can hold his own in pass coverage. So I absolutely love that. Uh, and the last thing that I'll say before I flip it over to Blaine, because I'll just take everything. Um, I meant to say this on the, I meant to say this on the defensive line uh, in regards to Joe Cullen is that yes, he's getting maximized results from Colin Saunders and, and George Karloftis, but where he's really maximized the result is from Chris fucking Jones, who has seven sacks through nine games and is playing defensive line, not just D tackle defensive line at a level that maybe one or two other guys in the entire league are playing. Chris Jones is truly unblockable. And if that's the guy that has the the career year that Joe Cullen, everywhere he has gone, has produced a guy who has had a career year, if it's Chris Jones, look out. I mean, it is. He is the best player in football outside of Patrick Mahomes, you could argue. <laughs> there's no one having a better defensive season as Chris Jones, and there's no one having as better of an offensive season as Patrick Mahomes. But that allows, you know, I, I was looking at that. They have to do so much to contain Chris Jones. And a guy like Colin Saunders can be good at stopping the run. Or Carl Loftus can, you know, get around and maybe try some things or do different things that allows this defense to be more comfortable at the second level and at the third level. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence, you know, didn't have a ton of time to get through progressions. Whenever he made a big play, it was Christian Kirk you know, one-on-one -on, -one on the edge when you're just like, okay, you beat them, good route, uh, touchdown. Or it's just a few times where our secondary just doesn't have to do a whole lot. And if they're not asked to do a whole lot as rookies and can do just enough, this defense is, I mean, that's all you want. That's all you need and give this offense chances. Get some three and outs, which they did early. Continue to force that every so often throughout the game and let Patrick Mahomes do his work. I don't have a huge breakdown i really don't I, I other than the fact that our corners are doing enough our linebackers are really fucking good and chris jones is really fucking good <laughs> yeah and, and i think and, and really too the way i look at it is with this activity that this d line and uh that can they can get with these guys i think that almost allows us to blitz a little bit more from the oh yeah because we're sending sneed a ton and i literally love it um which actually I will give a shout out a little bit to Trevor Lawrence yesterday because he had, where was it going to be about a five yard sack and with Snead on that blitz from the, from the short uh, nickel position, he, he was up on the line of scrimmage right outside. I forget which defensive end it was, but he kind of snuck in late and I thought it was going to be a five, six yard loss. And somehow Trevor Lawrence freaking got all the way back to the line of scrimmage, which those are kind of little, those little plays that can, no, it wasn't gonna. It wasn't gonna matter yesterday, but can win or lose games big time. Um, but that's besides the point. I love 
what the secondary can do because they can learn a little bit through games because our defensive line is so good. You can get back to the sideline um, after a sack and look at those freaking tablets. I think that's huge for young guys um, as they study this game. And and I, one thing I absolutely love is just their willingness to come up and tackle. I love this secondary tackling. Trent McDuffie is the second leading tackler on the team because he's tied with Justin Reed yesterday with seven. Joshua Williams came down like a bullet on a few plays. Uh, there were dump outs when he's playing the flat too. I was impressed by that. Yes, and and this team's ability to to play now, like you said, Blaine, like they're going to get beat if you play man to man a lot. You're going to get beat. It just it just happens. But to minimize those mistakes, not let them compound, and continue to have your foot on the gas on defense, it's just awesome to see. I am obsessed with this defense's this defensive unit's speed. They're everywhere. And, Johnny, to your point, keeping Nick Bolton on the field and getting Willie Gay some rest just keeps him that much more fresh to go balls to the wall because he is a freak when he is 100% and going sideline to sideline. It is awesome out there, Johnny. Oh, yeah. And what makes this defense all the more exciting you know, if you, if you remove this defense, the best defense the Chiefs have had in the Mahomes era was 2019 when they won the Super Bowl. They obviously saw in 2018 that the defense was the worst in the league, so they were going to bring in some pieces for that year to get to the Super Bowl. Guys like Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, right? Okay, but there were still people on that Ew. defense that were not <laughs> there. Anthony Hitchens and Dan Sorensen and Ben Neiman and like some of these guys who – like, frankly, knew the system, but were older guys who just weren't good. And what makes this defense more exciting is that they are performing much better than that 2019 defense. And everybody's a kid. It's all young guys. And it's so exciting going forward because, look, like, injuries happen in the NFL. They're going to have to be ready for when injuries happen. I hope none of them happen, knock on wood. But – with them all being young and like contractually controllable, you have an opportunity to really continue continuity in into next year and beyond with these young guys. And, and, you know, all these young DBs that they have, that they're calling the fab five, like that just like little stuff like that. Like they're going to grow together. Kind of like how I'm drawing a parallel to when the Royals won the world series in 2015 and they got to the World Series in 2014. Like, it was all a nucleus of, like, homegrown guys that won together in the minor leagues. They won together in the big leagues. And then they won, you know, of course, the, the ultimate thing in the big leagues in the postseason was which the World Series. If these guys can get drafted together, come into the league, go through training camp together, go through OTAs and preseason, blah, 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 blah. It just, like, builds this – continuity and Blaine just put in the chat a culture that we have in Kansas City great word that you like it doesn't happen overnight and that's why we're so blessed to be a, be fans of this team because you have the leadership from the top down I'm not just talking Andy Reid from like the Hunt family down right years of treating the fans the right way so the fans support you and like you talk I could just go on and on raving about this team and um, they very well might they, – they could lose their next game, and I'll be pissed off. But just right now on this Victory Monday, 
I couldn't be more proud of, of this team, of the, of these players. And I can't wait for, for what's in store. And we haven't even talked about Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie's fucking awesome. Like McDuffie played 98% of the snaps. He only didn't play like one or two snaps. And he, his, his second game back from the injury and easily his toughest wide receiver matchup. And if you look throughout the game, when Christian Kirk got his, it wasn't on McDuffie. Uh, I pulled this stat and I know I'm talking a lot, but I just got to get it out. I, I pulled this stat that uh, those boogers at PFF said that uh, he had 50 coverage snaps, McDuffie, eight targets, seven receptions for 59 yards. And now when you hear like, Oh, they caught seven passes on McDuffie. A lot of the time when they track this stuff, it's just whoever the closest defender is. If you watch that game, McDuffie had two huge deep shot uh, PBUs where he did a great job. And, you know, his, in his third game doing something like that, Chandler mentioned his willingness to come up and tackle is awesome. And uh, like I said, seven catches for 59 yards, 33 of those came on a deep route at the end of the half to Marvin Jones on a great catch and a great ball. It was just better. Yeah. O that beat the defender. So if you take, mm-hmm. you know, if you do the math there, that's 59 minus 30. So what you have 26 yards on six catches, dude was clamping these, these people. And it looked awesome. Really solid math, Johnny. Well done. I could not have done that as fast as you did. Um, start, Wait, actually, Johnny, you said let's let's wrap up the show here. I think we we great grasp, great show, awesome vibes, Johnny. I think you had some Patrick Mahomes Mahomes stats that you wanted to get out there. Maybe, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I think that's that's just a great way to end it. Let's let's let the listeners be reminded of who is the best player to have ever played this game, this position. Um, and he happens to be our quarterback, Johnny. He take it away. Happens to be maybe being read by. Patrick's biggest fan in the world, Johnny Rowe. Is that, a, oh, is that yeah. a possibility? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think I've told this story before, but my dad's a huge Chiefs fan, raised me on Chiefs football. Like, you know, this is like my dad and I's thing. And um, I remember sitting in my parents' living room. I was actually like back home visiting or actually, you know what? I think I lived in Kansas City at the time. And the draft was going on. I'm sitting in the living room with my dad. And before the draft started, he's just kind of asking me, you know, because, you know, it's how obsessed I am with the NFL. He's like, what do you think the Chiefs should do? And, you know, we're at 27. I was like, I'm, this is not bullshit. Like, I I would gain nothing from lying about this. I told him, I said, they need to trade up into the top 10 and take a quarterback. He's like, oh, okay, who, that kid from, uh, that Watson kid from Clemson? I said, no, take the kid from Texas Tech. Take Patrick Mahomes, let him sit for a year. I mean, I, it's like I was Nostradamus. And I have gotten so much else wrong in my life, so much else wrong. That is something that I got right. And thankfully, like, the Chiefs got it right, too. So, Tyreek, Oh, 100p. It'll be on the – it'll be uh, – it'll be etched on the gravestone. Um, <laughs> Tyreek Hill's – Tyreek Hill's gone, right? We all know that. And in the first year that Tyreek Hill is gone, Patrick Mahomes, of course, is leading the NFL in passing yards, 2,926, touchdown passes, 25, and is second in QBR, 78.6. He's on pace for nearly 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards in the first season without Tyreek Hill. Okay? Another one. As football starts to get into football weather when it's colder, 
and these offenses that like to play Cali ball and sling the football around can't do that as much because your hands are cold. A lot of these people like Patrick Mahomes, people like to call them gunslingers or whatever, like play worse football. Not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, in fact, uh, with the win yesterday, uh, he, Patrick Mahomes has now won 24 straight games in November or December. Since 1950, no other quarterback has put together a streak longer than 17. No other team has done that, regardless of who's playing the quarterback. Uh, m- no more than 17, and Patrick's at 24 uh, with the chance to move that to 25 on Sunday night. And then uh, a couple more here. Uh, Mahomes has 16 career games with at least four touchdown passes. That's tied with Dan Marino for the most such games by a player in his first six career seasons um, in the NFL. And what is this for Patrick? This is year five. This is year five, and yeah. he already is tied for that much. He has 25 touchdown passes this season and uh, became the third player in NFL history with at least 25 touchdown passes in five of his in five of his first six career seasons. He joins Hall of Famers Dan Marino and Peyton Manning right there. And last one, Mahomes has 176 touchdown passes in 72 career games. That surpasses Hall of Famer Dan Marino for the most touchdown passes by a player in his first 75 career games in NFL history. Keep in mind, that was through 72 games, not 75. So Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league. We've been saying it. Nobody else is even in the conversation with this kid. And uh, I, I, I feel so blessed that we have him because he truly is a kid. Quite literally, Patrick Mahomes, I think this year, is just entering the prime of his career. And he's never not hosted the AFC Championship game. He's been in the Super Bowl twice, and they're going to win the motherfucker this year too. Wow, Johnny, I wouldn't, I'd be lying to the listeners and to you and Blaine if I, if I said that that didn't give me any blood flow, and that gave me blood flow, it really did. <laughs> Chiefs, I love blood flow. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, Chiefs win twenty-seven to seventeen yesterday afternoon to go to seven and two on the season. Sunday night football looms large as we head to the West Coast to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Blaine's second or third favorite team, depending on the day. Stop it. Cannot wait for for Wednesday's show with the boys. We'll be back to go over NFL Week 11. Am I getting that number Ooh, correct? Yes. NFL yes. Week 11, Wednesday night. We'll record. You'll hear it Thursday. As always, thanks for listening. Chiefs win 27-17. To improve to seven and two. Blaine, Johnny, appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you in a couple days, huh? First place, yep. Kansas City. That's right. Have a good night, boys. See ya. Yep.